0: Hey guys, welcome to this very fun and freezing episode of Talking Cars, because Tommy, yesterday, me and you spent the day driving around in a blizzard. I know it's the end of October, we got, what do you think, 7 inches, 8 inches of snow? Officially, we got 9 inches. Wow, that's a lot of snow. That's a lot of snow, and it was falling hard and fast, and we got thinking, what are the best new cars to drive through a blizzard? In other words... What are the best new snow cars? So what are we going to be talking about in this episode of Talking Cars, Tommy? Well, we're going over some of the best new models out there for tackling the harshest winters.
2: So we've got a variety of vehicles from cars to SUVs to hatchbacks to station wagons, a little bit of everything. We even have a muscle car on here, so we're just going to go through the list and talk about all the cars that you may want to consider if you live, you know, in snowy Colorado or
0: Montana or wherever. Yeah, we try to pick the most unexpected ones, so hopefully we'll surprise you. So shall we roll the intro and get on with the show? Sit back and relax or keep driving if you're driving. TFL Talking Cars is on the air, the world's most popular car podcast. Okay, maybe not yet, but we're working on it. All right, now to be fair, Tommy, we weren't driving around in a car yesterday, were we? No, we had the uh, 2020 Jeep Gladiator.
2: Rubicon, so we had plenty of ground clearance, plenty of tire. It was a pickup truck. It was a pickup truck, yeah, exactly. um, And let's face it, pickup trucks are good in the snow.
0: uh, Yeah, but this is talking cars. You've got talking trucks with Andre. Yeah, I know, I know. So I'm just putting it out there. Uh, And the other thing I want to put out there right away is that any car or pickup truck with dedicated snow tires is going to be the best in the snow. So if you really want good snow Vehicle. Don't worry about, you know, the all-wheel drive or front-wheel drive or rear-wheel drive, but just get yourself some proper snow tires because those make the biggest difference. Now, the first vehicle on our list is the brand-new Subaru
2: Outback. The Outback has been recently redone. But it's just as capable as ever in the snow So standard all-wheel drive, symmetrical all-wheel drive And 8.7 inches of ground clearance
0: Yeah, there is like a couple things we were looking at When we were making this list And let's talk about those, right? Uh, first and foremost, of course, is the all-wheel drive system uh, All these cars are all-wheel drive uh, And um, you know, in my experience over the years, I've found that the system that allocates power to all four wheels all the time just works much better in the snow. You know, Audi started it with the Quattro system, and recently they've moved to more of a front-wheel drive bias system, which gives you better fuel economy. They have different ones, right? The Audi Quattro Ultra is what I'm talking about, if you want to get the real terminology. And basically what it is is front-wheel drive, and then the engineers will tell you that in less than... You know, a heartbeat, it can switch to all-wheel drive. But I still like, I'm old school when all the power is going to all four wheels all the time.
2: It's confusing though, because even though Subaru markets it as symmetrical all-wheel drive, not all the Subaru all-wheel drive systems are the same. So like a WRX is going to have a fully different all-wheel drive system than like an Impreza or an Outback.
0: Yeah, and so let's talk about that in general before we get to the other criteria. Uh, So, you know, it's become very sophisticated uh, in... The way that cars allocate power to individual wheels, right? Uh, and it used to be, uh, that I remember my mom, your grandma, had a Honda a Civic wagon that was actually all wheel drive and it was front wheel drive. And then when the front wheel started to spin, it was a Halidix system, right? It would send power through a viscous coupling. Basically, there was this, uh, coupling that, that was, well, viscous, and uh, when uh, the front wheel started to spl- spin, it would harden up, and then that would send power to the rear wheels. And that had the uh, the fun side effect, which I enjoyed as as a kid growing up, of making that back end all of a sudden lose traction as it was going around a corner, and it would spin the car completely into a 180, which is weird because you'd think an all-wheel drive car wouldn't do that. But yet it would. And there were a lot of systems like that, right? Because what happens is once you – it's basically snap oversteer, right? So once you lose traction – Uh, then the back end comes flying around, and by sending power to the rear wheels, that's exactly what happened. Those those rear tires had traction, and then when they got power, they lost traction, and the car went flying around a corner. It was a lot of fun, Tommy.
2: A lot of the older systems were manually selectable, so the old Subaru systems were front-wheel drive, and then you push a button. Or you'd pull a little lever to make them four-wheel drive. But the new ones, and the new all Outback, are uh, full-time um, all-wheel drive or symmetrical all-wheel drive. And basically, that means that all four wheels are getting some amount of power all the time. And that is, like you said, a little preferable to what Subaru calls a slip then grip system, where you know one axle has to slip before the other axle gets power because it's it's on it's you know immediate. There's, there's no delay. Even though Audi will tell you that the new systems are so sophisticated, there's not
0: much of a delay anyways. Yeah, and then, of course, in a blizzard, the other thing you want is uh, ground clearance, right? I remember we had um, a V70R uh, Volvo, uh, which was a very fun and fast station wagon. And I put snow tires on it. Uh, and the problem I ran into one year here in Colorado where we got a massive blizzard, I was trying to pick up your mom uh, from work because she got stuck in the bus. The bus couldn't even make it through. It was basically so low that it was acting like a giant snowplow, plow. Uh, and no matter how much grip you have, if you high center of the car, in other words, if you beach it like a whale, right, because it's got so much snow underneath it that it can't, uh, no matter with, you know, how much grip it has, actually get the power to the ground, you're also stuck. And that's what happened with that V70R, even with... uh, Even with um, snow tires. But the Outback
2: has proper SUV levels of ground clearance. It's got X mode as well. Um, Great car. I mean, we just drove the new one. It's a little bit slow, but it's got plenty of torque to get you up through the mountains. So strongly recommend looking at the new Outback if you want a uh, basically a, a crossover that doesn't look like one. So let's go to the next one because we have a ton of cars on this list. Sure. The
0: Kia Telluride and its cousin vehicle, the Palisade. Yeah, those are just good all-around cars. Uh, I actually got to take the Telluride off-road in Moab, uh, and I can attest to the fact that it does have a pretty confident all-wheel drive system. Now, keep in mind, this is a big seven-passenger, well, relatively big. It's not like Expedition or Tahoe big uh, seven-passenger vehicle. But in general, I was really amazed you know, at how it did in the Moab sand. And usually if it's good in sand, it's also good in snow. Uh, And then this is the other part that we should talk about, actually having a dedicated snow mode.
2: Yeah, honestly, that I don't think that the snow mode does much. <laughs> I mean, on, on some vehicles, it just starts you out in second gear. Other vehicles, it will uh, program the traction control to either be more or less aggressive, depending on the philosophy. But I think the snow mode is less important than, uh, by far, the
0: tires or the um, all-wheel drive system. Well, it actually does help. Remember yesterday when we were driving the Gladiator? So the Gladiator has uh, a lift on it, which gives you plenty of ground clearance, but we put uh, mud terrains on it which aren't snow rated, right? They don't have that little snowflake on them. Yeah. Uh, What would happen when you try to floor it too much? I mean, it's that all-wheel drive, right? Four-wheel drive to truck. But what would happen? It it would just spin its tires. Yeah, it would kind of stutter and just spin, and you you wouldn't really get going. And you had to gently ease into the throttle, even with four-wheel drive, to get it to go. Uh, And that's really what traction control or snow mode does for you, right? It it modulates the throttle in such a way that if the tires and wheels are spinning, um, it won't... Um, let you accelerate faster, which, you know, in most instances is good, but there are some instances when that's not good. I just don't like the snow mode because, I mean, even though it'll spin
2: its tires and kind of get all jittery, I'd rather have the option for that to happen than be in snow mode and just have it be an absolute snail when you floor it. Like, that's more frustrating to me than having tires spin.
0: Or, you know, what we saw yesterday was a lot of cars, there's a lot of hills in Boulder, so there were a lot of cars that could make it up the hill. Uh, And when you've got a traction control system like that in snow mode that's that you may end up experiencing you know, what I call uh, the dead pedal, where you floor it and nothing happens. The, the car says, I don't have any traction, I don't have any grip, I'm not going to spin the wheels, I'm just going to sit here uh, and rev, and you're not going to move anywhere.
2: Well, hopefully that won't be an issue in the Telluride, because the Telluride is a, 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 such a good SUV. I think it's best in class. It's better than the Palisade, even though it's a sister vehicle. It's much better than the Explorer. It's better than the Traverse. It feels like a premium car on the inside, tons of room for your skis and
0: for all your uh, stuff to hit the slopes,
2: and it looks great. They they just knocked the design
0: out of the ballpark. Now the other thing that, that we noticed yesterday, Tommy, before we get to the next car was um, you know, when you have a lot of snow, it starts to pack up into the wheel wells, right? And then at some point it packs up so much that you lose well, you lose any wheel travel up and down. Uh, and that's also not good, right? You don't want the snow packed so tightly around the tires uh, that you lose your suspension. It's not ideal. <laughs> uh, and that's, you know, another thing that you want something with a lot of ground clearance and a lot of... Uh, articulation because that won't happen. In that Gladiator, we didn't have that issue. You just couldn't, there's, there's no way you could pack enough snow around the wheel well to actually get it to, to stick uh, so hard that the, the wheel couldn't travel up and down.
2: But I think, to be honest, Dad, I mean, you can't expect the average consumer to want to drive a lifted Gladiator. Right, right. That gets just, but 16 it's also, miles to the gallon. Oh, we're
0: talking about blizzards here, right? We're talking about extremes.
2: Yeah, but I think this has to be a car that not only works in the blizzard, but also works great every day. So that's kind of what we targeted on this list. So next up is the Mercedes Benz.
0: Actually, I only target a cars that work great in the blizzard
2: well luckily for you out there i targeted (laughs) cars as well that work every day and don't um uh aren't alarming when you take a a freeway off ramp at 70 miles an hour so next up on our list is the mercedes-benz gle this is a luxury sedan by of course mercedes uh, and the gle has an optional air suspension system which does this crazy little hop thing
0: yeah it will it, like, get itself unstuck it kinda, it's not it 's not meant for snow, but i like sure sand, it, it, but i 'm sure it would work in deep snow. I remember when me and Nathan took um, two wranglers into some really deep snow on the switzerland trail i 'm talking like Ooh, maybe three feet of snow, yeah at some point you, you do actually need that feature, and that is a feature to be able to raise the vehicle up and over the snow, so air suspension is a big deal uh, when it comes to uh, snowworthiness just because it makes it less likely to get high centered
2: although I will say Dad that um, in in some cases, uh, people in the really cold uh, weather don 't like air
0: suspension because it can freeze. Yeah, what happens is air suspension, of course, uses air to lift the uh, shocks up. Well, not the shocks, the vehicle up and down. Uh, and that air can have moisture in it. In places like Canada, uh, that moisture will freeze inside the uh, air suspension, and then you're kind of well, you're without any suspension.
2: But the GLE uses the latest formatic system by Mercedes. Really good. Of course, make sure you have Formatic equipped on your GLE. But I think it looks great. The AMG one is not ideal because no. it's got steamroller tires.
0: Yeah, the, if you've got any sports car, is going to be problematic just because uh, the tires are very wide and it's going to be expensive to get snow tires, and asymmetrical tires are also problematic. And that means basically, like if you have a car that's got smaller tires in the front than on the back, it's not good, uh, hard to get snow tires, pain in the butt. Uh, and speaking of the G L E Tommy, there are uh, two other features that it has that are ideal for the uh, Blizzard. Do you know what those are? um heated seats and heated yes, steering wheel exactly right you yes, got it
2: for sure so very comfortable interior on the GLE really well equipped i love the dual screens also has a lot of space so if you're going on ski trips it's uh, it's great i like it a little bit more than the X5 actually i think it's um just a little bit um, more suited for rough terrain it even has off-road modes if you if you so desire yeah
0: certainly more ground clearance with that air suspension all
2: right next up is a traditional SUV it is the Toyota Forerunner.
0: Yeah, the 4Runner uh, is uh, obviously uh, a beast on and off-road. Uh, it is a vehicle uh, that I would not be afraid to take into the worst of lizards. Um, my, my only problem with that is uh, that it's, not, it's selectable four-wheel drive, right? And so you actually have to select it.
2: Yeah, so it defaults in two-wheel drive, and then you you move a lever back to lock it in a four-wheel drive on slippery situations. And the advantage is when you're in four-wheel drive, it's going to distribute the torque 50-50 front and back all the time. The disadvantage of that is, well, um, if you forget to select four-wheel drive and you just, like, hop in and drive it in two-wheel drive, there's a good chance that you could spin out or get stuck on a hill. As we saw this morning, someone forgot four-wheel drive in their new 4Runner and ended up sliding backwards down a hill. Hey, can I do a rant, Tommy? Um, do we have time for
0: a rant, We ben? have time for a rant, yeah. Okay. Right, here's Roman's rant. So we're in Boulder, Colorado, where uh, is the home of the University of Colorado, right? And so we get a lot of people who come here from, oh, places like Texas, Hawaii comes to mind, even Arizona, mainly students. Uh, and guys, uh, here's Roman's rant. If you've never driven in snow and you don't know how to drive in snow, a blizzard is not the best time to learn. Uh, we had whiteout blizzard conditions yesterday, and this is not what you want to do driving down a two a four-lane road with your uh, blinkers on in the middle of the two lanes at 10 miles an hour is not going to endear you to the locals who actually know how to drive in snow. Uh, it was very frustrating to see all these people uh, with their noses um, glued to their front windshield. By the way, that's not going to make it any better either. Uh, you know, leaning forward doesn't make you any more apt to drive in snow. So I would suggest for all you um, non snowy types, if you don't know how to drive in snow, do not go out and get a Starbucks in the middle of a snowstorm if you've never driven in snow, uh, because it's really frustrating. And, you know, the rules of the road still apply, even in the snowstorm. So stay in your lane, uh, stop for stoplights, uh, try to do, you know, a reasonable speed. If the speed limit is, let's say, 35, 5 miles an hour is not a reasonable speed. At that point, you're probably just better off, you know, not going and getting that Starbucks. It was a Sunday afternoon, you didn't have to go to work, and yet there were tons of people out there who were just just gnarling up traffic, um, you know, because they didn't know how to drive in snow. Good rent. All right, there you go. All right. What's next? So beyond the foreigner,
2: we should talk about the other Toyota products. If you can afford it, the Land Cruiser is kind of the ultimate snow vehicle because that has a full-time four-wheel drive system, and it's just an absolute beast. But we also wanted to give some honorable mentions to the Camry all-wheel drive and the Prius all-wheel drive.
0: Yeah, and I think… Once we're uh, talking about uh, these kinds of vehicles, we're also picking vehicles that, that necessarily are unique in class, right? So the Prius is one of the few hybrids that actually does have all wheel drive, right? Most hybrids don't have all wheel drive. Well, They're front wheel drive. It's
2: one of the few hybrid cars. Yeah.
0: Because there's a lot of hybrid
2: SUVs that have it. Yeah, like the RAV4. Right. But when it comes to hybrid cars, now, ugh, big disclaimer about the uh, hybrid all wheel drive systems that Toyota uses. On the Prius and even on the Camry. No, the Camry different. It, on the Prius, on the RAV4 oh. hybrid, on the Lexus RX hybrid, on the um, Lexus UX hybrid, things like that, what they do is it, it's a, a front-wheel drive is driven by a gasoline engine and the electric motor. And then the rear axle is only driven by an electric motor. But the issue is, is typically the motor on the rear axle is, is a little bit weenie for a really snowy environment. So on the Prius, it's only 7 horsepower. And on the slip test that they do, it did not have enough torque to get get us unstuck. Now, the Camry is different because the Camry is just a standard gas engine. There's no Camry hybrid all-wheel drive. So on the the Camry gas all-wheel drive, it's just more of a traditional
0: all-wheel drive right, system. Right, but like with, even with the Camry, you can't get the big B6 with the all-wheel drive. Well, they, yeah, they, you they make get the you get, get the little gear. baby engine. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then that Prius engine, I think it's only good to a certain speed. It, it cuts out after, like, I, I forget what the speed is, but... It doesn't work, I don't think, at highway speeds, Tommy.
2: It's only, it's like a little traction motor, so yeah. it works up to, I think, 40 miles an hour uh, just to get you out of, like, a ditch or out of a, out of a tricky situation. I'd love to try it in the snow. Our Look, guy, Steve, tried it in the snow, and it, it was all right, but it wasn't brilliant. Yeah, it's better than nothing. Better than nothing. Okay, so the next vehicle on our list is um, the only muscle car that we're going to discuss. It's the Dodge Challenger and the Dodge Charger
0: GT. Yeah, how about that? A muscle car with all-wheel drive and a lifted all-wheel drive muscle car at that.
2: It's got a slight lift over the standard Challenger. Uh, only available in the V6, though, which is definitely frustrating.
0: Yeah, it's a car that almost killed Andre. Do you
2: remember? Yeah, so Andre was on the drive program in a big snowstorm in the Challenger GT. In Canada. In Canada,
0: yeah. And a, and a giant um, tree limb fell off and just destroyed the windshield. Yeah, and almost you know fell into Andre's lap, so... We have a lot of good memories with that car, but it is cool that we actually have a muscle car. So, if you want a muscle car, well, it's not really a muscle car, right? A V6 Pentastar doesn't count. I mean, so you've got the muscle car, but not the muscle car power plant.
2: It's over 300 horsepower, though. You know, back in the day, that would have been pretty serious. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a great car. I really enjoy driving it. Plus, you can get it with all these cool colors and cool packages, and you can make it look like a proper Hellcat, actually, or like an RT. I mean, you see them on the road sometimes, and you're like, wow, is that a Hellcat? And then you look on the side and it says GT. And you're like, holy cow, that's the lifted all-wheel drive model. So it's, it's a cool, really cool option package.
0: Yeah, and it's unusual and they don't sell a lot of them. So I think it's going to be as collectible as a Hellcat one day. Ooh, you think so? I think so. It's pretty badass. All right. I don't know about that, but it is a cool
2: vehicle. We had one in bright orange once and I loved it. I really lo- like that vehicle. So next up on our list is the uh, only electric car we're discussing. So we can put an electric car on the list. It is the
0: Tesla Model X. Well, we're also going to talk about the I-PACE because that also has an off-road snow mode.
2: Uh, Yes, so um, the Model X and the I-PACE both have air suspension, and they both can lift themselves up. The great thing about electric vehicles is they have a motor on the front and a motor on the rear. So we've been talking a lot about, like, mechanical linkages and, you know, how do they work. Well, on these electric vehicles, the computer decides when to send power to what wheel – or what axle, I should say, and then it just happens immediately. There's no delay. There's no viscous or clutch pack that has
0: to engage. It just it just happens via electricity. If I remember right, the I-PACE has the snow mode, and then the Tesla has the slip mode, right, uh, which is basically the same thing.
2: I think the slip mode is like if you're stuck in a ditch and the traction control is coming power, yeah. you like click the little button, and then it will let you spin up, and maybe that will help you get unstuck. And then the I-PACE also has adjustable air suspension. Uh, The only thing about the EVs is they do have powerful motors, but they um,
0: definitely lose some range when it gets very cold. And we'd love to include an e-tron on this list, but I I actually drove it, uh, but we've never had it actually at the office to test. So I had it for one day, and I drove it from... uh, uh kind of uh san francisco area to tahoe which was fine but you know we really need to spend a week with it it's actually supposed to be good off-road and yet uh we don't know so audi if you're listening we'd love to get one and test it in the snow test it off-road uh you know it's an advantage that you guys have uh, that um, you're not playing up especially up here for the colder climate so uh, please send us one all right so talked about evs back to more traditional vehicles I love
2: this next one. It's a highly underrated car. It is the Honda Passport, which is basically a stubby pilot, if you're wondering. Now, the Honda Passport uses an all-wheel drive system called iVTM4, and it's just incredible. It's probably the best traditional all-wheel drive system on this list. I've, I've run it through my slip test, the rollers, and it passes with flying colors. Good torque out of a naturally aspirated V6 and I like it more than the Pilot
0: just because it's a little bit smaller and a little bit lighter. Yeah, If you guys are new to TFL, check out some of Tommy Slip Test's. Uh, on our either car or now channel or i don't know where we've where we been putting them have we been on car or now they're kind of all over yeah we'll, we'll find a place probably end up on off-road basically we put the car on rollers uh, and we see if it can get off those rollers you know using two wheels or three wheels or one wheel uh, and it, it simulates in a controlled manner uh snow and slippery conditions uh, and so you know when we're talking about these vehicles we've actually tested them and we're not just kind of you know Spitballing it, but we actually know which ones have done well on the slip test and which ones haven't.
2: Yeah, and it's, you know, it's not an exact replication of <laughs> getting stuck on ice, but it, it's a, it's the best I can do when it's not in and the middle th- of December.
0: And to be fair, the one that was the worst we've ever done is the Prius all-wheel drive. It right. Really, it really got stuck. It really got and stuck. And
2: the Lexus UX Hybrid, which also is the same, very similar system. Yeah. But so. the Passport is a, a great car. It's um, not terribly fuel efficient, not terribly sporty, but there's some people on YouTube that really take them into deep stuff off-road as well, so yeah i'd look into that
0: yeah and also has a snow mode um you know it's um like i say i'm not a huge fan of of these tr- traction control systems but when i think of like like our loved ones driving a vehicle that has it it makes me feel more comfortable uh, because it's not something that you actually actively have to like take a lever and engage it or flip a switch right it's just ready to go it's just ready to go yeah right all right any guesses what's next dad uh, Is it the uh, Mazda Miata, Tommy? It
2: is not the Mazda Miata. It's the one you wanted on this list. It's the Lexus GX.
0: Yeah, the Lexus GX and the LX, of course, are the two big Lexus uh, crossovers. Uh, and they're built traditional chassis on frame um, trucks. Uh, and so, you know, they're really good because they have all those things that you want that we talked about at the beginning of this show, right? So they have ground clearance. They have um, a lot of... Uh, kind of standard four-wheel drive systems that just basically they're trucks. Yeah,
2: and the GX also has a standard full-time four-wheel drive with a center differential. So it's always sending at least some power to all four wheels. And then I think you can lock it up in the GX as well. But uh, very comfortable, ancient. It's really old. They just actually updated it,
0: facelifted it, but you can definitely feel some of the uh, truck-like characteristics coming through. And the other thing, and this also applies to all the big crossovers and SUVs, these are the big boys, not necessarily like the Telluride or the the other smaller ones. You sit up tall, right? Visibility is great. So in a snowstorm, especially a blizzard, you want to be able to see over that little uh, Civic that we saw yesterday that could not make it up the hill, so you can go around it. Or, if you want, you can stop and help them. That's the idea. That's the idea, which makes you feel like a hero. All right, ready for the next one? And let's talk about the other thing, which we noticed yesterday, right? Let's say you know we we, we actually uh, stopped uh, and saw a a little Honda Civic that was stuck going up the hill. Luckily, he was able to back down it. Uh, But uh, we had our Gladiator with the winch, and we were thinking, we should help this guy. And then we realized something that is actually true in a lot of modern vehicles.
2: Well, yeah, most modern cars, especially, and actually most the vast majority of crossovers and SUVs, no longer have tow points. So, uh, like old cars, they always have hooks on them or loops or something to recover. Uh, if you get stuck, so we have a number of old cars, and they all even the like like my mini my my classic mini, which is the least snowworthy car you can think of, has two in the front and one in the back
0: and If you get stuck on in an old vehicle,
2: you always have those concrete solid points to
0: get towed by yeah i don 't know why i don 't have recovery points on modern vehicles, you know they have those uh, little uh, eyelets that you screw in, but those are not meant to be used to like to a vehicle, they're all, they're meant for, like, transportation when they put them on the roll-on roll-on, roll—they're called row-row boats, right? Roll-on, roll-off boats, and they transport them from, like, Europe to here or, or Japan from here. Those are the points that they use to hold the car down, but they're not meant for recovery. And even if you did try to use them at the recovery point, which we have in emergencies, those islets are really tiny. So you—like like in the Jeep, it's a big hook, right? And there's no way you could actually hook it to that.
2: Well, the pickle is like—so you're—you just got stuck in a snowbank, which is pretty common— you know, then you have to go around to the bumper, and the bumper's going to be covered in ice. You've got to scrape off the little, that little inspection port. You have to get a screwdriver or something pointy, and you have to work your way into that little port. And then you have to open up the trunk and go underneath all your things into the very base of the trunk where you might find the eyelet. And then you're freezing, you're freezing, you're trying to screw this thing in. The little hole is packed with snow. It's just a disaster. Yeah, I you, think
0: all vehicles need a tow point. And you can't put it around like a suspension member because you'll yank that off before you actually pull the car out. Right. Same thing with the, with the front. Um, the nice thing is when you're looking at like these bigger trucks, they do have recovery points. And, uh, you know, I'm thinking like, especially like Land Rovers, Range Rovers, right? Uh, not only do they have recovery points, which is cool, but they also have one other thing that I think is unique to those. And what is that? Which we had a huge problem with yesterday. Another, another thing to have in a blizzard. Um, windshield wipers that work? No, a heated windshield. Right Land Rovers and range rovers have these little um, wires, some of them have these little wires, and they can be annoying when you're not in a blizzard uh, that actually heat up the windshield uh and uh, keep it from freezing up. Now the gladiator had a horrible problem with that. Uh it has a little tiny vent uh that's centered uh and then it has holes on either side of that vent, you know, on the passenger and driver's side, but no air comes out of it. So it really doesn't even warm up the screen. Uh and then of course the wipers and the windshield get clogged with ice and then very quickly you can't see and by the way those I to call European style kind of squeegee wipers mm-hmm. are horrible in the in the <laughs> snow. I mean they just they just become covered in ice uh, filled and what you're doing is you're trying to wipe ice with ice and that is never good.
2: The uh, only thing I don't like about well, there's a couple things I don't like about the heated windshield is you can see the little filaments, the squiggly lines, yeah, like
0: you said, but they're so expensive to replace. Yeah, like 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 a normal windshield, we, we get we, so we use, um, well not rocks but little pebbles in Colorado uh, to give grip during snowstorms, and then those things of course get thrown up. In the summer, and it's not uncommon for you to have a broken windshield here once a year. It's pretty much standard, if not more. I if mean, not more, some yeah. people get it in the winter time once a, once we, a month. We, we have to either fix those things or replace windshields on a constant, constantly, basically. Uh, and a regular windshield, like I remember, our F one fifty Raptor, right? Mm-hmm. That that was on the expensive side. That was like four fifty. A, a less expensive car might be like two fifty. Yeah, uh, Range Rover heated fifteen hundred. I know. It's crazy. And uh, you don't even have to crack it all the way. Like, I think a good-sized rock chip that yeah. you could fill would be enough to take out the heating portion of it. Yeah, and in Colorado, it's actually illegal to drive with one of those massive cracks running down the windshield. So if it's connected at two points, you're automatically in trouble. Exactly. I mean, what I mean by two points is like if, if the line runs from you know, one of the corners or lines of the windshield uh, to the other. You see what I'm saying? Yep, I know what you're saying. And in Jeeps, it happens uh, every all the time.
2: Yeah, it's very frequent. Speaking of Jeeps, as our next vehicle, mm-hmm. it's a Jeep Wrangler, and the reason the Wrangler's on here is not the, because it's got a great heated steering wheel. A two-wheel feet, drive one? No, that was that was a very limited thing. <laughs> did, you know,
0: did you guys know they, they actually made a two-wheel drive Wrangler for a while?
2: In 2007, and 2008, yeah, they did. Crazy. But the new Wrangler has something kind of unusual. It's got something called Select Track as an option. And this is an advantage over the Forerunner. Select Track is actually a full-time system. So most Wranglers have two-wheel drive and four-wheel drive. Uh, Select Track, it's an auto function. So you just put it in auto, and then the vehicle will decide when it needs to be in two-wheel drive and four-wheel drive. It's much easier, and it involves much less thought. So that's why we decided to include it. Um, But, of course, the the soft top and and the doorless thing can be a, a
0: pickle in the cold. Yeah, but once again, great ground clearance, a lot of room for uh, suspension to travel up and down. It's not going to get clogged up with snow. Uh, And you're going to get good, you know, I think even snow-rated tires with that thing. Really good uh, heated steering wheels, too. Yeah, FCA has has some of the best heated. So the Germans, I think, Tommy, do the best heated seats. Remember we had a little mini that used to have the convertible? If you turn that on within like 22 seconds, your butt would be so hot. I know, you couldn't (laughs) sit in it. That you'd be ready for, you know, a (laughs) a cold shower. It was
2: incredible. So Wrangler, everyone knows what the Wrangler is, but the next one's a bit of a surprise. And I put it on here because I just drove it and I was really impressed by it. It's the little Chevrolet Trailblazer. So the old Trailblazer was this monstrous thing with a big straight six and it was body on frame and it was, you know, proper American truck. The new Trailblazer is this little itty-bitty SUV that's built in Korea. It's powered by a three-cylinder engine. But it is surprisingly good. So I just drove the Active Trim with the uh, all-wheel drive system, and it was super responsive. I took it off-road. It was amazingly good at distributing power to the wheel with traction. Just loved it. Tons of space on the inside. Not a bad-looking little thing, too. I think it looks kind of like an aggressive hedgehog. And it's cheap. It's affordable.
0: <laughs> yeah, most journalists hate that thing because they basically took a cool name, Blazer, and turned it into a little tiny crossover. Right, a Blazer was a proper V eight powered body on frame truck. Sunday, Sunday, and now it's this little tiny crossover thingy. But I didn't have a chance to drive it, Tommy. So I'll take your word for it. I loved
2: it. Yeah, no one's going to believe me out there. But the little Blazer was a lot of fun, especially when the going
0: gets rough. All right, so let's talk about uh, front. So uh, I think we can agree that all wheel drive or four wheel drive, depending on you know whether you got a truck or a car. Is better than a front wheel drive or rear wheel drive. Yes. Uh, but in the snow, what would you rather have? Let's say you couldn't get all wheel drive. Would you rather have a front wheel drive car or a rear wheel drive, regardless of snow tires or not? Right. Let's put them on all seasons.
2: I think for, I think front wheel drive is is easier. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you don't you don't have as don't much rear end
0: movement, right? You don't like with rear wheel drive on icy conditions. You can turn the wheel and still keep going straight. Whereas with front wheel drive you turn the wheel and even if it slips the wheels are still you know trying to give you the direction that you're pointing them versus having the vehicle go straight.
2: I think on a typical car too, they're they're mostly nose heavy, so you have more weight over the drive wheels. So that's why I would
0: choose front wheel drive. How about rear wheel drive with snow tires versus front wheel drive? With uh, all seasons. Oh, rear-wheel drive with snow tires. Mm. Yeah, snow tires are the...
2: If you're looking at making your car better off-road, or better, sorry, out in the snow, the number one thing you should do is not go out and buy a new car, it's to buy a good set of snow tires and you'll be amazed because if you buy a new car it's going to have all seasons and it's only going to be marginally better than the car
0: you're replacing most likely yeah And speaking of tires we just did a podcast if you want to check it out with uh, prelli regarding the new all weather tires which are actually snow rated they have the snowflake all weather tires Mm -hmm. are different than all season tires and uh our friends at michelin yeah michelin um just sent us some so we're going to try them out on our Model Y or Tesla? Yeah, we're going to try them out on our Model Y uh, and see if they actually are better than all seasons and as good as snow tires. Um, so I can't wait to actually put them on in a couple of weeks. We're going to be doing that and we'll see how an electric car does with all weather tires. Right. So the next car on our list mm-hmm. is a car
2: you wanted. I'm not really sure why it's on our list because I'm not a huge fan of it, but you love it. It's
0: the Volvo V90 Cross Country. Yeah, I took it off road along with the I think it's a 60 Cross Country. Uh, uh, and there's just something about station wagons And this could be my bias There's just something about lifted station wagons With cladding on them uh, That makes them seem like they'd be good in the snow uh, The V90, the V70R that we had Was actually, even with snow tires, not great in the snow It had a Halidex front wheel drive system That would send power to the rear wheel drives When, you know, you lost uh, traction Which is not great And the other thing that's not great Is a lot of horsepower in snow So that thing had 300 horsepower And it doesn't really help you, you know A, a TRX is not going to do you any good in the snow uh, because that 702 horsepower will never be put down to the ground. But I just I just, I just, just think Volvo's and snow go together, and I'm, I have no proof for that except for the fact that they come from Sweden. I know they're Chinese-owned now, but, but you know, I, I figure the Swedes spend a lot of time in the snow, so they, they, they spend a lot of time engineering things that do well in the snow.
2: My issue with the—I like the V90. I love station wagons, but the new V90, especially the cross-country, you know, the old cross-country was significantly different than the standard wagon. In the, the V90 cross country, I mean, it's ugh, the cross country gives you some cladding, but you don't get that much more ground clearance. Same thing with the all road, the A4 all road, right? You get a little bit more ground clearance and then some black plastic on it. And I just don't think that's enough advantage over a standard V90 for the extra cost.
0: Yeah, we, I, I was actually on a show with the CEO, the US CEO of Volvo, and I asked him if they had any plans uh, to make uh, a more kind of overlandy Volvo, and he said absolutely not. Yes, it's not in their DNA. Yeah, it's not in their DNA. And the same thing with Audi. Uh, you know, Once upon a time, Audi, I think, had the lead for all-wheel drive, and then all-wheel drive became kind of a uh, symbol or synonymous with luxury. And, of course, BMW came along with their X-Drive, and then Mercedes did theirs. And then, of course, it moved down the kind of the food chain to all the other manufacturers so uh now uh, like volkswagen has four motion right uh, and it doesn't really um it doesn't really give you an advantage just to have all-wheel drive uh, that's why we're talking about all these other factors that actually make for a good blizzard car so this is kind of an odd choice but it is the next car or list because it's very unusual it's the
2: mazda 3 with the i-active all-wheel drive um so, I, you know, there's a ton of vehicles we've got to put on this list, like the Crosstrack and, you know, like the Volkswagen, the new upcoming Taos. But th- they're really crossovers. The Mazda 3 is interesting because it's a true sedan and hatchback, right? It's, it's a proper car. It's not some lifted thing. And it actually has all-wheel drive. So if you look at the Mazda 3 competitive sets think like Volkswagen Golf, right? Maybe Corolla hatchback. None of them are available with all wheel drive, but the Little Mazda is, and I love that they have that
0: as an option. Yeah and you know, we were when we were putting this list together, we spent a lot of time trying to come up with like a sports car that's good in the snow, in a blizzard, right? And we thought of vehicles like the Audi R eight. The Porsche uh, C4 Carrera 4 right these are sports cars with uh, all-wheel drive systems uh, but the problem with all of them is they just don't have enough ground clearance they have really wide tires uh, and they have a lot way too much power so I, I really had a hard time coming up maybe you guys could listen in the comments below what do you think is actually the best snow, sports car to, to drive in a blizzard um, and once upon a time when I was younger, I had this, like, image of – before I actually had the chance, you know, we're very blessed. That we get the, I've driven every probably car, new car and truck that's available in America over the last 10 years. Uh, we're not doing so hot in our Ferraris, though. Yeah, we're not, okay, forget the Ferraris. I haven't driven some of the Ferraris and some Lamborghinis. But, you know, the, the stuff that you guys drive. Or maybe you guys drive Ferraris and Lamborghinis, uh, but uh, I had this dream of like having a having a you know a car that could do it all, right? Uh, like a, a my dream car for a long time was like a C four Porsche nine eleven, right? Yep. Uh, and the problem is it, it'll never do it all. It, it's just not you know any any clapped out Toyota twenty uh, year old Tundra will do better in the snow than any you know german engineered c4 will ever do and that's just the way it is it's just not designed for snow you know you it could make it drivable in the snow you could actually maybe use it but it's never going to be stellar
2: yeah i agree i mean that's even, sad even though. with snow, snow tires that's sad i like i like the idea that there is that one perfect car out there you just got to find it
0: so well give me a give me, let us know in the comments below or you tell me what's a perfect snow blizzard. You know ice Mageddon Sports car
2: I think you can make A career for work
0: Yeah
2: I think if you are
0: I think it's also Very expensive If you happen to Crash into like a
2: curb But what about An old one What about like It's also very expensive 997
0: (laughs) $36,000 $30,000 It's also very expensive
2: Maybe the Mazda 3 Hatchback Is the one for you dad Fun to drive you know, not that expensive when you smudge it into a curve? Yeah. That's the one. Okay. All right. All right. All right. So next up on our list, we have some kind of honorable mentions. Yep. The Nissan Altima. And the Altima is on this list because it, like the Camry,
0: is now available in all-wheel drive. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's, you know, the Fusion was all-wheel drive. That was the one that was available. And, of course, the Legacy is all-wheel drive in that full-size segment. Oh, yeah, for sure. I, uh, mid, mid-size? Is it mid-size? Mid-size, yeah.
2: I think Maxima. Maxima's full-size. I think Maxima's available in all-wheel drive, too.
0: Uh, I don't think so. Uh, let be me wrong. check.
2: Here, I'm on the Nissan all right, website. Why don't you
0: check? I can tell you which what is available in all-wheel oh, drive. It used to be the 300 used to be available. That's
2: a, the Chrysler? The Chrysler, yeah. Yeah, that was full-size. That was full-size, yeah. Charger is still available yeah. in all-wheel drive. Yep, that's another full-size one. All right, here we go. Maxima.
0: I don't think so, dude. Let me see. Um, I think it's uh, CVT front-wheel drive. Um, doo, doo, doo. Yeah, any luck?
2: Extronic CVT. Extronic yeah. <laughs> CVT. Yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe it is only front wheel drive.
0: Yeah, it's, it looks cool. It looks like it should be, you know, uh, a bat out of hell, but uh, unfortunately, it's kind of handicapped with the CVT for a really sporty, sporty
2: all right. vehicle. Um, it might be actually. Anyways, let us know in the comment section below. 2020, while well, the Nissan Maxima is still not available in all wheel drive, there you go.
0: Sometimes dad knows. There you go. Of yeah. course you know. You always know. Um, so, next up on our list is the M5. Yeah, we put that on the list because for the first time, that might be your sports car. It's not really a sports car, it's a four-door sedan, but damn, it'll, 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 it'll chew and eat and spit out sports cars for lunch all day long. And for the first time in this generation, it's available in all-wheel drive. Uh, and it's available in all-wheel drive that you can actually uh, disengage the all-wheel drive and make a two-wheel drive. Yeah, isn't so that you crazy. So you could do burnouts or you could, you know, have all-weather traction. The other one that's like that is AMG. Um, Mercedes. Mercedes, the wagon is the same thing. You could also get an all-wheel drive, but these are once again they're kind of the, the sports car problem. Let's call it where uh, you know that all-wheel drive is tuned and meant for uh, performance and not for uh, all-weather use.
2: Yeah, I think it's significantly rear-biased, but maybe there's a snow mode. I've never I've never driven the new M5. I, I was out of town when we had it. Um, but the other thing, too, is the new M3. We just saw the M3 that's got the, the frightening face on it. Uh, the new M3 is going to be available in all-wheel drive, too. So you can get it in rear-wheel drive or all-wheel drive. So the M brand is now moving into the um, 21st century with their uh, ability to launch in s- all sorts of conditions.
0: And I know for all you folks, if you're actually listening to this and you live in Florida or Arizona or someplace like California where we don't get snow, um You know, the same thing applies to, like, standing water, right? Right. Uh, Because it's very similar in a lot of ways. So while, you know, on drive pavement, these vehicles may not give you any additional... A capability certainly in that torrential hurricane that you get a lot of in Florida, they certainly are good.
2: Okay, I have an honorable dismention, okay. too.
0: What? What? An what the car's are
2: The, ca, the car, a, a car that's horrible in the snow? Dishonorable okay. disappointment. All right, what's that? So if you look at the world of crossover, it's obviously very hot. Yep. Uh, and then everyone was making, you know, the, 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 the small crossover. And then everyone decided, you know, let's electrify the RAV4 and the CRV. v Now everyone's making a hybrid crossover like the Escape. And now we see the hi- the plug-in hybrid crossover. And Toyota came in there with the RAV4 Prime. 300 horsepower, 0-60 to 60 in under 6 seconds, you know, 42 miles of range. Just came out of the gate swinging standard all-wheel drive. And then Ford comes out with this dinky thing, which is the Escape plug-in hybrid, which is a little bit cheaper. It's got like 100 less horsepower, and it's front-wheel drive only. Yeah, that's what weird. in the heck?
0: That's weird. Uh, and the other one, of course, that's built on that same chassis is the uh, the new Bronco Sport. Not the real, Bron- not, not the real Bronco, the, the Bronco Bronco, but the Sport. And we haven't tested that, and, you know, with the way things are going with Ford, we may not. So, uh, you know, what we're trying to do is talk about cars that we've actually driven and gotten behind the wheel of, uh, not just stuff that we've, you know, read about or heard about or reported on. But regardless, I'm so
2: disappointed in the Escape plug-in hybrid because yeah, I the was battery really is, hoping the for the battery is
0: tiny. Right.
2: It's it's actually I think the range is the same if not better than the Rav Four Prime. Uh, it's really good range. Is it? I thought it was a tiny battery. No, it's pretty pretty good. How many kilowatt hours? Uh, plug in hybrid range, I'll tell you. It can go thirty seven miles. So, on, so that's about the same. It's about the same. It's a little yeah. bit less actually because I think the Rav Four can do like 40, forty, yeah, forty or two, forty two. Yeah. But front wheel drive only. It's it's slow compared to the Rav Four. I say what the heck? Come on, Ford, you can do better than that.
0: All right. Are there other car companies that we have forgotten to mention? So I think we've talked about most of them. Uh, I'm kind of going through my mind if there's any other vehicles that, that I would love to have in a snowstorm. And I got to tell you, Tommy, is you know this is talking cars, but in a snowstorm, like once again, I would take a truck all day. Well, as long as it's all-wheel drive and it's up, one of the off-roady ones.
2: Yeah, I'm not so sure I agree with you cuz I have I seem to have more scary experiences in trucks in the snow than yeah, in cars. Yeah, because
0: here's the thing. That's actually a really good point. Right? Going is only half the battle and all the stuff we're talking about is not going to help you stopping, right? So right. you know, getting getting yourself moving in the snow is one thing. Coming to a stop is a completely different thing, and that, uh, of course, has to do with ABS, which now all cars have to have, Mm -hmm. Uh, but it also has to do with the tire choice, and the snow tires are going to be really the key to that.
2: Well, I think it has to do with weight, too. And pickup trucks are just obscenely heavy. Yeah, compared you, got, to you their, get a lot
0: more momentum going forward.
2: Yeah, you got a lot of lot of mass moving. And then the other thing about pickup trucks is they don't have weight over the rear, so even in four wheel drive, that Gladiator is really tail happy compared to a Wrangler. It's true. So I think uh, I like trucks. I definitely think you know they're definitely more capable out of the box because they have most of them have low ranges and pretty good tires. But I think I'd prefer. A crossover with snows or something like that.
0: Yeah, I can't tell you how many times we've seen, like uh, like like beach turtles. You know, big crossovers and trucks in the ditch uh, because the people forgot that they, while well, they are much easier to move. Ahead, they're much harder to stop, so it's a really good point.
2: And the little Mini is wee easy to get unstuck. You just give it a little shove. Getting a full-size Silverado out of a snowbank is going to take some
0: pretty serious muscle. Yeah, and then keep in mind, guys, You know, once again, it's all about tire choice. If you really want... Um, a good tire that works in the snow it will not probably work for the most part in the summer because it's about compound i think the magic number there i think is 44 degrees um, so that's the point at which snow tires come into their own and you got to have that little snowflake on the side of your tire um, all seasons don't have that snowflakes uh, and, and it's not about necessarily the sipes or the little teeth in the tire as much as it is about the compound, because on a regular tire, the compound's much harder, I believe, and it when it gets cold, it just becomes super hard, like an hockey puck, right? And it loses all the grip. And then there are, of course, many kinds of snow tires, and I'm talking about like the modern ones, like, I think Blizzak would be one that you'd be very familiar with, right? Uh, but there are also um, old-school snow tires that are studdable. Uh, in Colorado, we allow studs, uh, and regular snow tires like those Blizzak work well but when you're on sheer ice then you probably need studs but that's a whole different conversation i yeah. think on sheer ice uh i'll tell you one more story can i tell you one more story sure yeah, i took a, a bentley uh, uh up ice racing and it had blizz on it uh all-wheel drive um, 600 horsepower um Didn't do well.
2: Yeah, it was useless. It was like, it would do like 10 miles an hour on ice.
0: Yeah, and when it would go, you couldn't turn it. Yeah,
2: the only people moving had proper like half-inch stubs on that ice.
0: Yeah, and I think those were like people like actually like put screws I don't think, yes.
2: I don't think many people are driving their new Bentleys on
0: sheer ice lakes, so. No, no. And hey, uh, speaking of that, what convertibles, here's a question for you guys. Uh, I'm going to throw out one and then let's see if you guys can add two more. What convertibles can you buy that come in all-wheel drive? So there's only a handful of them. So we actually own one of them, right? That's the one I'm going to give you. That's an easy one. The TT. Yep. That's, that's, back in the day, that was one of the only convertibles you could actually buy that had all-wheel drive. Isn't it dying? Uh, the TT, I don't think it's dying. I thought the TT was going away. I don't think it's dying. But what in the comments below, let us know... What other convertibles? And there are two that I'm thinking of. One, one is gone, uh, but it was you know a really weird thing, but it was an all-wheel drive. And one is actually, I think, still being produced. Uh, and I'll give you a hint. Uh, they're both crossovers. Let's leave it at that. Um, those are both dead. Well, let's leave it at that. Leave it at that. No, I think,
2: I think they're both dead. I, I think there's more than you think. Okay. And I think you're going to have to look... At
0: Bavaria for some of it. Yeah, I, a, lot, a lot of modern Germans now do like X Drive on their convertibles. Mm-hmm. I know, I know, you're also giving him, but let us know. There, there aren't that many. Like okay. maybe there's like five. And then what about the supercars, like the Aventador? No, or- no, 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 not no supercars. <laughs> okay. I'm not counting supercars, Koenigsegs or Aventadors or you know. Let's oh. keep those out of the conversation. Okay. All right. Okay. All, right. Good. All right, Tommy. Before we go, one last question for you. All right. Um, what vehicle? Would you choose, and actually we forgot one vehicle, uh, a G-Wagon. That's also very good. That's
2: price like a supercar. Right.
0: All right. That's so, crazy. So if you were you know, driving to Alaska and you knew you were going to be stuck in a snowstorm or a lizard, what vehicle would you take? Um, let me look. I'm looking at my little
2: Land Cruiser. Yeah? Yeah.
0: you do the Land Cruiser.
2: Just because I know it'll always start in that snowstorm. It's really heavy. Yeah. It's not the best snow vehicle, but in terms of getting you home, the Land Cruiser would be the one to do it.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to think which one I would choose. It's going to have to have ground clearance. Uh, you know, I would probably. Uh, I know this is talking. Does it could be a truck or has to be a car? Has to be a car. Uh, G wagon. Sure. Okay. <laughs> just do the G wagon. That works. <laughs> All right. Well, guys, thank you for spending another uh, well a few minutes with us. As always, this is Roman. Yep, and Chami Tommy, Tommy. Check out tflcar and TFLtruck.com. for more news, views, and of course, snow Begedon. Uh, Best cars, reviews. See you guys next time. Ciao.